Baptist. Hey, welcome to Mike the Baptist. We're glad you're back. We're glad we're back. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that? I'm happy. I'm happy to be back. Y'all aren't as excited about it as I am, but I'm happy to be back. Every day I wake up, I'm happy. There I am. <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome to Mike the Baptist. Welcome, Jason Riccardi. What's up? It's good to see you. Good to be here. Good to see you. I always uh, enjoy visiting with you. It's always something. You are a storehouse or warehouse, some kind of house of knowledge. Useless, mostly. Useless, but that's okay. Knowledge is knowledge. It's impressive. Whether it's useful or not, that you just have it all. Well, you know, the, the <clears throat> slogan that they had back in the day, knowledge is power. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. H.D. <laughs> <laughs> Jones hey, is here. Good to see you, Michael. Good to see you, too. Good to see H.D., if you're not aware, is the lead pastor at our church. What do you call it? Lead pastor? Head, or the way. first one there? Yeah, right. You were first. I'm just, I've been there longer than anybody. You've been there longer. But anyway, it's good to have you here anyway. Good so. to be here. Just thought folks would want to know what your job was. <clears throat> Michael Coons is with us, too. He's a preacher, too. Hey, Jackson. Good to have you. Thank you. We have all kinds of preachers at my church. They're just swarming. Mm-hmm. They're like ants. Yeah. Well, not really like ants, but... Are you saying we're lazy? Yeah, we're well, like we just have a lot of them. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's good to see you. It's good to see Regardless you, too, sir. how many other preachers there are around you, it's good to see you. And uh, we welcome your comments. Kind of like to get some email from you. I'm not going to beg you for email. Yes, I am, because we want some email. We, we need we need that. We need to know that you care. Uh, it's not that we don't think you care, but it's nice to hear from you. We hear from you, but uh, we have an email address, comments at MikeTheBaptist.com. So anyway, drop us a line. Uh, you know, I've been noticing other, uh, uh, the YouTube videos are beginning to get comments now. Hmm. That was a little slow taking off, but now they're beginning to have some comments, and those are entertaining to me, what people at 3 in the morning are commenting on here and there. Anyway, you can comment there, too. Uh, visit the website, MikeTheBaptist.com. All the previous episodes of the Three Preachers series, the Preacher's Wives, the uh, the Peace Accords, uh, just little interviews, they're all there. You can go that back, and you can spend, you can waste a lot of your life Going back and watching all the uh, old videos and and all the old podcasts, they're out there somewhere floating around. You can just listen. We don't care what speed you listen to. There's been a debate about speed. You know, some folks listen fast so they can get through it. Other folks take their time and live their life out and just listen in real time. The whole thing, just take the time. But you, you do what you want to do. You be you, we'll be us. And by the way, we're not fancy here, but you ain't either. So, just to level the playing field before we get started, anything else we need to cover? I think we kind of covered it all. You know, I like to begin Mike Baptist programs with front porch visit. You'll hear the uh, screen door creaking right here, opening in the spring, and you'll hear people walk across the old wood porch floor and sit down in the rocking chair and start rocking. Well, that's your cue uh, to kick back yourself for a minute and visit with us on the front porch. The uh, Mike's front porch. Just pick it however you want to. Um, no spittoons though, because we don't we don't support tobacco products here. Uh, I don't know where that came from. <clears throat> Today on the front porch, I thought it'd be interesting. Last week we uh, all talked about funny things that happened at funerals. 
which I just found hilarious, just the concept of funny things at funerals. You know, equally as funny and uh, and there, there's no and there. Equally as funny and entertaining and entertaining. Thank you. Are things that happen uh, at church events, either church gatherings or church functions, events. There are some funny things that happen at those. I'll start. I've probably told this before, but maybe y'all are like me and you don't remember stories anyway sometimes. So we were having a, I think it was a fall festival thing. And there were these blow-up, jumpy things all over the yard out back of the fellowship hall. And they were ran by these little generators. Have I told you guys this story before? I know I have, but I'm going to tell it again. we got to kill a little time here. So... <clears throat> I was standing there. There was a snow cone machine. Somebody was making snow cones, and I had just gotten a snow cone. And I was standing talking to a couple other people, and we were, I don't know, 30 feet away from some of these blow-ups. And in between them and us was a generator sitting there, cranking out the air, keeping that blow-up thing, that jumpy thing going. And I just started eating my snow cone, and somebody yelled, Hey, it's a fire! We look over, and that generator had caught on fire. So there was a flame shooting out of the generator, and people were kind of scrambling. Well, I don't know what possessed me to do it, but I ran over there immediately and threw my snow cone on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, big hero- heroic move there. I didn't think about it first. And it, it's like that's Frozone kind of, from The Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of silly after I thought about it. But I just it was a reaction. I just ran over through it. Well, I realized immediately that was not enough help. Yep. So I look around, and some guys had been run, had, were started running down to the main building by our fellowship hall because out back there was always a water hose or two there and a water spigot. Well, I knew, I thought I knew where everybody was going, so I just headed that way. I was going to help if I could, but several guys had gotten there before me. So I was just almost down to that area when I saw guys running back toward me with the water hoses. And one of the guys, I will not mention his name. But one of the guys, as he ran by me, he had these, his eyes were as big as baseballs. I mean, he was in the moment. He was going to save the day, and he had that water hose, and he ran by, man. Did he, he hit was, the end of the hose? Beg, beg pardon? Did he hit the end of the hose and then? No, he didn't, but after he ran by me, I noticed just shortly afterward, the other end of his hose. Was not attached? It wasn't attached, but it, <laughs> it went by me, too. And I just turned around and just, I kind of watched him. I got involved in watching that instead of trying to help. I, I don't guess he realized it until he got up there, but it was very, very funny. Uh, when After the whole thing kind of unfolded, to realize he, he was in such a, a frantic mode right there, and it wasn't hooked to anything. I guess he thought faith, you know, was going to help when he got up there. But All right, so there you go. It's been prime, Jason. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> there were a couple of them that were running through my head, and I'll, I'll go with the one that uh, was my own personal experience. So I used to take students to Six Flags over Texas uh, when I was a associate student minister down there, and you know, at an amusement park, you're waiting in line for a really long time, and you've got students that are around you, and you just you start laughing, joking, having fun with them and everything. Well, there's this one ride called Runaway Mountain. And the outside of it is made to look like uh, an old mine and all this wreckage outside of the mine. So there's tracks, uh, like those mine carts, you know, the tracks 
kind of broken and then below the broken tracks will be broken mine carts and stuff like that and so you're in line for like an hour hour and a half to ride the ride and uh so i i started building the story about how sometimes you know the that's the wreckage of the students that didn't make it through the ride and then i was telling them at some point in time that there's actually a jump and sometimes you don't make it you know you have to be really careful and and that it's a it's a ride that's totally enclosed you know so it's inside of a building and i told them that you know you, you can't raise your hands up too high when you're going through otherwise you you know you may have that happen <laughs> and the student the entire time was like no no uh, no no way and I, I just thought we were having fun together and laughing and joking and then um went on the ride and then afterwards the kid got so unnerved by the ride that she was actually crying and uh <laughs> That's that's the worst I ever felt as a person, a human being. Worst I ever felt that moment right there. Nice. I just thought we were having fun and laughing and joking the entire time. But for like an hour and a half, I was just one long yarn about how it was a dangerous ride, and apparently it, it unnerved her. I felt bad. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's well, not good. Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be uh, too insane when you didn't use the word grandpa. <laughs> At the first of it, because usually, you know, if you say yeah. grandpa, it's going haywire. But this one just, this was, I kind of feel bad for you now. After yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> you feel bad for his funny story. I feel yeah. bad for your funny story. That's exactly right. That's a good way to put that, Coates. I'm here for something. <laughs> okay. Is that it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I can tell the other story if you want to. Sure, because this, you, this that did one not was really happen. quick, and, and you went yeah. into that guilt mode, and then you yeah. just shut it down. <laughs> I, I feel bad. So this did not happen to me. This was this was a story that was told to You're me. Welcome. But uh, there was a a pastor who was famous for doing like crazy kind of analogies and really going all in on the analogies um, and just over the top type stuff. Well, at one point in time, somebody had the night before had broken into the church and passed out in the baptistry and he and he woke up in the middle of the service and uh so the pastor is doing his his sermon and this guy that woke up decided to just kind of walk back and forth in the baptistry and he was doing weird things uh you know doing this the entire time acting like he's walking down the stairs uh <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff like that the entire time the the sermon's going on so afterwards somebody came up to the pastor and he's like all right. I normally get where you're going with your analogies, but what was with the person in the baptistry like the entire time? And the pastor's like, "What, what are you talking about?" And yeah, that was when they found out that somebody had broken in and passed out, and then woke up in the middle of the sermon and just started to do charades. I would like that to happen in my church. Yeah, that would I be would interesting, that. wouldn't it? That's, yeah. that's why we have security teams, right? Let me just say though, at my church, uh, if my buddy HD is preaching. That would probably go along with whatever it is he's saying. <laughs> well, I didn't want to tell you it was actually HD that shared the story. <laughs> yeah, that probably would just go along with whatever I was talking about. Speaking of Brother Hodo. Hey, man. Nothing funny happens at church. Come on. Oh, no. Nothing funny. Absolutely not. So I have to be careful <clears throat> with all my stories because I've been at Temple so long, everybody will go, oh, that's about me. So I have to be careful. But back in the day when I was a youth and uh, we went to youth camp, and we went to this place out in Chattanooga that was Camp Cherokee, and we went with another youth group that we didn't know. And you had to get there by boat, and it was, you know, we had a lot of fun and everything, but so, you know, as the anticipation of the week builds, there's always that salvation experience story or whatever. 
And so the preacher that week decided it would be a really good idea to get us all in this holy huddle and kind of go through this story of the world is coming to an end and that only a few of us are going to make it off the island and we had to vote (laughs) who was going to make it off the island and everything. So he's really kind of building this, you know, the left behind thing, getting people to think about their salvation. So we all thought it would be nice to nominate this one boy that we didn't know from the other youth group. We knew he was a little bit special needs, but at that age, we didn't really understand what that meant and how this was emotionally going to affect this kid. Uh-oh. And so <laughs> we we elect this boy to be the one from our cabin, you know, that was going to get saved and going to live, and the rest of us were going to die. They put that dude on the boat, and he flipped out. Oh, no. He couldn't handle it. Huh. He was like, you know, I can't live, and y'all are going to die. And, he, and, of course, we're just like, we're it's kind of role-playing. <laughs> felt, felt really bad about that, too. That was the same camp, too, that our, our youth minister, he actually, you know, back Didn't in the day. Didn't you start the story by saying you were the student minister? No, no, no. That's another, that was another okay. episode. But uh, <laughs> that was last week's episode. Uh, but – Back in our day, you know, you couldn't afford to hire a youth minister. So they'd always hire a music minister and then tell him, part of your responsibility is you got to handle these youth. Right. Well, the guy they hired, musically talented, played the bugle. I mean, he was just – but he was he was music person. He was not youth. He was very boring. <laughs> so he takes us to camp, and he was no fun. And I had my feel at probably 15, you know. And we're up at our campsite, and I'm just like – just throwing off on this guy. I'm like, man, he's terrible. No, no. I wish he would just leave. He's the worst youth member. And everybody's face just got like like that look like <laughs> he's right behind you. And yeah. I, was like, I thought they were just digging on me. And I, was, I just kept going. And I turned around, and he's walking down back down. <laughs> so, yeah. I could see you doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, this old boy, he, he had to come apart when somebody took his big – Fruit of the Looms and hung them on the flagpole. <laughs> and he was ready. Was to, this at Centrifuge? Camp? He was ready to kill all of us, and it was his brother that did it. His brother was really cool, but yeah. Was that at a Centrifuge Camp? <laughs> no. Okay, because that happened at one of our Centrifuge Camps. I was like, hmm. So there's a theme across the table here of yeah. things you guys did and made you feel bad. It's kind of a dark theme, isn't it? Yeah. All right, on to Coons. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Coons. Uh, okay, Coons. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, back in the day when I was doing the World Changers and uh, doing those mission trips, we were at a, uh, a very large high school, and we would get there on a Thursday to start setting up for you know, 300, 400 kids to show up on Saturday. So we'd worked Thursday night, all day Friday, had everything set up, you know, a worship center, probably about 30 or 40 rooms to house all the kids and the adults and, you know, got the the whole facility set up to stay there for the week. And it's about 11, 11.30 at night. I was sitting in our office, had um, four summer staffers, which are college students, that would come in and help us out for the week. And we were just kind of relaxing. You know, it's like, we got it all done. We are ready for the kids to, to show up, you know, midday tomorrow. So we're just kind of taking it easy. And uh, then the fire alarms start going off in this massive school and we've already had some issues with the school there's some drama there with the drama teacher who didn't like us being there because we were interfering with her broadway production and, and things like that you know we'd already dealt with some stuff and the fire alarms are going off we're like 
whatever. So we just like, eh. We after they go off for a few minutes, we said, well, let's go stand out front. We've called the our contact for the facility, and uh, you know, I think we left a voicemail because it was middle of the night. So we're sitting at the front of the the school while the alarms are going off, and then fire trucks are showing up, and lots of fire trucks are showing up, and they're running into the school. And they're going all over the school. And about 15, 20 minutes later, uh, they've pushed us away from the school. It's just the five, six of us there. And uh, they come out and they start talking to us. And they're like, you guys are very fortunate. Um, the school is about to blow up. The uh, The electrical room where the transformers the are at. about to blow up. <laughs> uh, one of them has got a problem and it's about to blow. Now, there is a containment wall built around this room, but we don't know if it can contain the blast of this. Well, come to find out, it was right next to our office that we had just finished setting everything up. And we're like, we got, you know, 350 kids coming tomorrow. What are we supposed to do? We're going to give you 10 minutes to go back in and get everything out that we've been working on for two days to set up. So. We rush back in there. We grab everything out of there we can before we all die in a fiery explosion for God. And uh, <laughs> we, the, the fire department's like, uh, well, uh, uh, y'all can come stay at the fire department if you want to, the five or six of us. I'm like, what about the other 350? So we uh, we actually, this was in my hometown, so we took everybody to our house for that night and camped out there, and they were able to work around some stuff, shut some stuff down so that it wouldn't blow up. And we were able to go back like two hours before all the kids were starting to show up so we could set up in a different part of the school. I would not for... have gone back there for nothing. <laughs> I said, nope, you pick a different venue, folks. So uh, it yeah. didn't blow up. It did not blow up. You so, almost went out in a blaze of glory. We almost did. What did you say? Been. Explosion for God? Yeah. Is that what a you fire said? explosion for God. A fire explosion for God. <laughs> hey, we are hellfire and brimstone right here, right? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, okay, this was a variety of uh, stories right here. Was this the same summer? It did have some dark overtones. Was this the same summer when you were telling me the story about the uh, the kid that was faking? Being possessed? Yeah. Oh, no, that was like uh, a year or two later. That, that was the kid in the locker. No, that was a different that kid. Was another, I'm uh, telling you, we, we've got a book of stories from just these World Changers mission projects. I can imagine. Tell you what, man, the devil showed up big time on those things. <laughs> I was but, at yeah. a camp a long time ago when I was young. I remember... I got in trouble for doing something way up after curfew and wound up having to mark circles in the parking lot outside in the middle of the night. I don't even remember what I did, but... I can guess. <laughs> well, yeah, but I know that it was late. It was after you were supposed to be in the bed. I think I can remember a kid warning me <laughs> or trying to tell me don't, don't do whatever it was I was doing, but I did it anyway. Anyway, I got to walk a bunch of circles around the parking lot. School didn't blow up or whatever it was we were at, whatever facility we were at. Okay, so y'all's were dark. I just told a story about a guy with a water hose that wasn't hooked up. Yeah, right. You talking about fire at church? It's kind of dark. I guess too. it was. Kids could burn he started, us, he started us off on that It was that a fire. bit of a thing. All right, interesting front porch visit, uh, I would say. Uh, appreciate your participation. I hope everyone got something from those. You know, part of the purpose of the front porch visit is to help uh, people understand that preachers are just like kind of like normal people i think in a year's time or so we've done a good job of making you guys look pretty common <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs>
we're not done here, but <laughs> oh, so mission is not accomplished yeah, yet. No, no, no. There's more stuff to. Uh, we can you don't want to down just, even further. <laughs> you don't want to just spit everything out at once for people. I mean, it's too much to handle. But okay, we're going to come back after a little break. Talk about some things we found in the Bible. Hope you'll stay. <sighs> Good. You may have seen people wearing Mike the Baptist T-shirts or hoodies lately, and wondered to yourself, "Hey, self, where could I get some of that bling bling?" Well, tell yourself not to worry, because it's easy to order Mike the Baptist logo tees and hoodies for yourself or your family and friends. Visit MikeTheBaptist.com, click on the merchandise link, and shop away. Lots of colors and sizes to pick from. And now available, I'm just a Christian trying not to cuss tees and hoodies. Mike the Baptist is all about real talk with real people spreading the good news to a world who can really use some good news right now. When you purchase Mike the Baptist tees and hoodies, you're helping Mike and the crew pay the bills to keep Mike the Baptist on the interwebs and talking about God's love for all people. It's really that simple. And we make no apologies for having fun and living out the Christian life. Order your tees or hoodies today with just the logo or familiar sayings you hear on Mike the Baptist episodes. Just visit MikeTheBaptist.com and click on merchandise. Thanks so much for watching and listening to Mike the Baptist and for your support in helping us spread the good news. What a great planet. Hey, we're back. I want to ask one of the three of you uh, to talk about the Bible. For just a second, I like before we start talking about the Bible. I like to just talk about it for a second, but I'd like to hear one of you talk about what you think about the Bible in non-churchy professional terms. <laughs> what you think about the Bible? <laughs> it's a good book. Awkward pause. Thank you so much. It's a good book. No, I would I'd like to hear one of you guys. But go, the reason I'm asking you is I always try to talk right here about it being such a fascinating thing with so much in it but and every time i do that the three of you are just sitting there looking back at me like is he done well here you go all right so thank you thank you the bible this is one thing that i try to tell folks god if we understand that god is the one that created us and god is the one that wrote the bible look at the bible like your instruction book this is a book that our creator has written for us of how to really live the best life that we can in a sin cursed world, how to follow him and just how to be a be a part of his family. So why not read the the owner's manual? That's what I was looking for right there. I'm glad I can it's help like today. A, like a instruction manual. Are we ready to go to the hymn now? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, we need to expound now. Okay, I'm going to expound. Let you guys go in professional mode. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, you guys are going to lead a little. Oh, lead is one of those. Churchy terms. Uh, you guys are gonna. Well, I have to say it, don't it? Lead this discussion about <laughs> talking about some stuff we found in the Bible. So, somebody take over. All right. So, as we're getting into the New Testament and into uh, the Book of Hebrews, in the early parts of this book, we start understanding or, and start learning that Jesus is really greater than everything. Jesus is greater than the angels. But of course, he is. Jesus is the Creator. He created the angels. So naturally, he is greater than everything else that's out there. One thing that we struggle with, not only in the human race, but even as Christians and in our churches, 
we have this tendency of constantly putting things before God and making things really more important than what God is in our lives. Uh, you know, the Bible goes through and you know uh, talks about it a lot of times that any time that you do stuff like that, you know, you're making idols. You know, we we shouldn't be doing that. But I guess maybe something for us to, and I think it's a pretty basic answer, but something that we should acknowledge and, and share with folks is, and what has God done for us that would cause us to keep him number one and to worship him? Because I think the last episode we talked about worship a little bit and stuff, but what has God done in our lives that he should be number one in our lives? And I will drink a Coke. While you wait. Because it looks like you're having to wait. Deep thoughts by the three preachers. Well, obviously, you said if, if God is our creator and he writes this instruction manual, you know, I think the biggest thing about the Bible is that God wants to have a personal relationship with us. And that's, that's an amazing thought, that God wants to spend time with us. Um I don't know about you guys, but when we do the uh, love languages quiz, you know, one of my one of my top love languages is quality time. And so me and my wife get along better the more time we spend together. Mm-hmm. We can always tell when we've been apart and things are going on and we're not on the Does same Does it take page. a while for her to build up a tolerance well, to you? Is you know, that what you're saying? Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's a special individual. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> she, she's a special individual to put up with me, but... But quality time, and I think that's an amazing thing to think about, that God wants to spend time with us, that he created us for himself. And so it's really should overwhelm us that he loves us that much, that he took time to create us, took time to save us, took time to make plans for us, took time that he wants to have um that relation with us for all of eternity. I think that's the thing that really should help us in our worship, help us to want to read the Bible. Is like this, this God really does love me that much. Yeah. And I, I, exactly what I was thinking as well, because not only did he create us and there, and as a created being in a sin cursed world, we are a fallen people, you know, we're sinful people. So we have a broken relationship with us, with him. He provides a way to have a relationship, you know, and he wants salvation. He wants everyone to have that relationship back and to have it restored. And I think about that an awful lot that he has provided. Really, there's one need that I have to be able to have eternal life. And he has provided that for me. I, I don't have to have food. I don't have to have water. I don't even have to have air. Now, my body says it needs that right now. But Michael doesn't need that. As long as I've got Jesus, I'm good because the body's going to die. I just go to mm. Jesus. I'm good for eternity. Mm. You know, <clears throat> one of the words that Hebrews will actually use later on is that uh, we are the exact imprint of God. And I don't remember if it's in Hebrews 1 3 or if it's another passage of Scripture, but it talks about us being. Uh, the the really the Greek word is icon, and that's the word that means kind of imprint, the impression. And what is it that God does that's worth worshiping? 
I'm a better person the more time I spend with him. Like I'm just a better person when I spend time with him and he imprints himself. He impresses his image in my heart. And it comes out in every aspect of my life. It comes out in the way that I think, which affects the way that I speak, which affects the way that I act, which affects every relationship that I have. And so why is he worth worshiping? Man, I'm just, I'm a better, nicer person, more tolerable to be around. And it's not because of me, it's because of him. And if if even just a little bit of time with him is able to make me a better person, just a little bit of him is imprinting my heart so much so that I look better to those around me, how much more so is he a better being, a, a being worth worshiping? If just being with him makes me better, what does that say about him? And I, I think that's why he's worth worshiping from personal experience. I just, I'm a better person when I'm around him. It's a good selfishness, isn't it? Do what? It's a good selfishness. Mm-hmm. He makes me better. You think it makes you, uh, you think it makes you value yourself better than you would if you, if you didn't have this relationship with what you believe to be the creator of you. You know, you started talking about uh, the Bible being an instruction manual. I, I think back uh, uh, when I was a much younger man, uh, before I had a relationship with who I believe created me, I think back to those days and I'm wondering, what what in the world did I do to make myself feel like I had some value? And I think I didn't do anything then. I was just kind of running around like an amoeba or something, just reacting to whatever was happening at the moment. And, you know, looking back, that kind of a lifestyle, you have to constantly do something else after whatever you just did to find some sort of uh, worth to, I guess, life. And maybe you don't think about that a lot when you're very young. You're not really thinking about your life is this uh, whole thing that's the reason I bring up valuing yourself is, is because I, I often think about people uh, nowadays that don't have an understanding of God. They don't try to figure out who he is and how that works in your life. What do they do? I mean, when they're not doing an activity or not busy, I don't understand what people cling to in their head to make them think, you know, I've actually got a, a reason to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going somewhere. I'm on this journey that's going somewhere. It's not just at the end of today, i got to start over tomorrow, you know, and feel something else. I've actually got, it's like you said, you know, since I've been a saved man, uh, I, I, think, I, I think outside the box a lot, and I think pretty often that I could go off below the studio here, there's a creek down the hill. I could go halfway down that hill, being a saved individual, sit down on that hillside, and never do anything else the rest of my life, and I would be saved. That's a pretty good feeling. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, knowing that and understanding that, it does make me value myself in a way I wouldn't if I didn't have that. And it it motivates me to get up and go do something kind of good. Knowing that I've got a reason to be doing stuff. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. You have a purpose. purpose. And everybody wants that. You have a purpose in life, and it's because not what you've done 
but who you're connected to. And who's, who did it for you? Who gave you the chance? I mean, I, I remember, you know, as a kid, you know, you grow up in your house and you hang around your parents and all of a sudden you go off to kindergarten and you're in elementary school and you take tests and you don't always pass a test and there's some kid that doesn't like you who's bullying you and all those things that begin to tear away at how you view yourself. And then you go home and you're with mom and dad. I remember especially just being with my dad a lot because, you know, that's what guys do. We hang out with our dad. And we'd ride around an old pickup truck and we'd go do farming stuff. And every now and then we'd go to the tractor supply or co-op. And, you know, I'm half his size. Somebody'd say, Dad, who's that with you? Oh, that's my, that's my helper. That's my, that's my guy. Well, it gave me value. Because I, I go to school, and I was being compared to everybody else, but in that, I'm his guy. I'm, that's my shadow. He'd say, that's my shadow. He goes everywhere I go. And there's there's a lot of comfort in that. So I didn't feel good about myself because, hey, look at all I can do. I felt good because who I was with, and they gave me value. Hmm. And I think that's this relationship with God. Why is Jesus better than the angels? Hey, angels do some awesome things for us. We We really don't probably acknowledge it and see it enough, but the Bible talks about there are angels around us all the time, protecting us, guiding us. But Jesus is better than the angels. Um, The prophets, God gave us the prophets where we have the Bible, but Jesus is better than the prophets. Moses, the deliverer in the Old Testament, but Jesus is, why is he better? Because those people helped undergird us but they don't complete us. They're they're not they're not what we're looking for in life. We're looking for that relationship with God. And all of a sudden, when you stop and realize the God of the universe that spoke things into existence, that is still creating today, that's gonna to have his justice and all that stuff, he cares about little old me. Now I have purpose. You know, and in this broken world that we live in, I can't change the government, probably not. I can't. I maybe can't even change my church, but I have a purpose, and I'm going to just do it with Him. And it can get frustrating in life sometimes, but I still have a purpose. So I have this proper self-evaluation, this esteem, not because of who I am, but because who He is, and He values me. I like that. That just use an analogy. Um, it's sort of like riding a horse. You can fall off on either side, and, and that relationship with God keeps you in the center of the the saddle. Um, you're you're on purpose for a purpose. A lot of times we can fall into depression, and we can say, "Well, woe is me. I'm I'm just a mistake. I don't have any value. I don't have any worth." Well, we are on purpose. Like we're not an accident. God is the one that's in charge of life, as you're fond of saying. You know, there there may be accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. We were created on purpose. We're not an accident. So just for the very fact that we are imprinted by with him, made in his image, we have value and worth. Every single human life has value and worth. So that'll keep us from falling off on that side, but we're not just on purpose. We're for a purpose. So that'll keep us from falling off the wrong side. You know, if we're, if we're not careful, we're just at, at the root of who we are. We're self-centered people. And if we're not careful... We'll fall off thinking that our purpose is better and everything becomes about us. 
And so that relationship with God keeps us riding the saddle in the middle the way that we should. In the saddle for God. I've That's already right. picked up on that. <laughs> and so we – we won't back fall the off the again. back in the saddle. <laughs> back in the saddle again. Aerosmith, anyway, that's, that's we won't fall stuff. off on this side thinking saying. we're not worth anything, and we won't fall off on this side thinking mm-hmm. we're all that in a bag of chips. Okay, so it's huh. it keeps us centered. The side saddle play into this at all, or um, you're still well, in the saddle. You, <laughs> still you know why the they still in the saddle side yeah. saddled. You know why they did side saddles, right? I don't know if I should ask you why. Well, I mean, they they invented the side saddle for for women because they wore dresses and it was more prim and proper, and it would right. keep them from, you know, showing any leg that they shouldn't be showing. They invented the side saddle. Yeah, you say that like there's a certain saddle where the seat is turned to the side. <laughs> is I mean, there one? Maybe I, there is. I think they they did make some that were more comfortable to to sit really? sideways in. I I'm think so. Look, I could I'm be wrong. wrong. I'm gonna go to the Google on that. I could be wrong. Google. But yeah. Anyway, they they anyway, they we sit know side saddle in the very least because of that. I think I know what you, I didn't mean to. Yeah. We just got derailed. Your thought there, but <laughs> it happens. But, you know, taking back to what Jason is talking about, when we have this relationship with Christ, he does keep us centered, and he helps us. And I'm going to tell you, that's especially important for men because men are typically pretty level in our emotions. But when things start going bad, you know, you lose your job or you get an illness or something happens, we have a tendency to fall off on that I'm terrible. Everybody hates me. I'm awful. Nobody wants to be around me. My family doesn't love me. My job doesn't want me. And we can fall off on this manic depressive Mm -hmm. uh, side. Really quick. Men. Yeah, really quick. And so, again, that's because we're putting too much value in what we do as opposed to who we are. And that's really what Hebrews chapter 2 is all about. It's talking about how do we not drift away from knowing this Christ? How do we... How do we stay connected? And, you know, I think our audience needs to hear this from us. How do, how do we stay connected and not drift away from this God who loves us and gives us purpose? What, what do we do? What's some practical application? I'll tell you a practical application. Stay connected. Uh, and I can say that from experience. <clears throat> you know, church is not – church doesn't save you. Right. Uh I'm pretty sure you you could never go to church and still be saved. Thief on the cross did. He did. That's right. He didn't sing many hymns before he left. But you know my my comment is just very practical, which is not not like me. But uh, when I don't stay connected, and when I say church, I'm not talking about the fancy new building we built and all that. I'm talking about like at this table here, people that I know. Uh, who are fellow Christians, if and when I don't stay connected to uh, all of those people, then I find myself being less connected to the main source of what we're all kind of gathering together to focus on. I think that's pretty natural and pretty human, Yeah. Uh, which is why it's a good idea to stay plugged into that network of people, obviously. But when you say, how do we stay connected? To me, I immediately say, I, I stay connected. I have to. I have to go to that effort to do that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a formula. You know, there's there's just not one part to it. Because I'll like, be honest with y'all, I was I was sick of all y'all about a week ago, and I went golfing on Sunday morning. <laughs> I mean, I just did. I just thought, you know Wait, what, I'm going golfing. <laughs> a week ago, a week or two. I don't know. I hurt my feelings. That was the, that was the one that I I no, was, I was pre- there for yours. Oh, okay. 
Oh, well, wait, no, I've got my feelings hurt. <laughs> no, I'll, catch, I'll catch up with all of you. But, just, you know, full disclosure, right, I just, right. I just uh, it wasn't that I wasn't connected, but I guess it was, you know, previous episode we talked about getting tired or something. And yeah, I just need a break from all of y'all. So I did. You know, the, we're but I confessed it, so I'm good now, right? <laughs> I don't think we're the one you need to confess to. <laughs> no, I'm you just know, starting with y'all. The, the uh, analogy that we're using here is of an anchor, right? So the, an anchor actually gives you some leeway. Um, you know, the purpose of an anchor isn't to keep you exactly in this position the entire time. Because if the purpose of an anchor was to keep you right here, uh, you would never be able to move up or down or sideways. And then as the water rose above you, it would actually swamp your boat. And hmm. so there's actually a little bit of leeway there. Good I right feel there. so much better about my anchoring job out on the lake because I, I drift a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good it, what he just said. It, it anchors you, and it keeps you from going too far from the central position, but it gives you some leeway so that you can ebb and flow hmm. with the conditions around you. Well, Was you ebbing or flowing when you played golf? Uh, I was flowing about half the holes. I was flowing pretty good. <laughs> You know, I wrote a song once, Jason, uh, trying to be half serious. I wrote a song once. Uh, it's called Stones and Feathers, and I had a line in it. I'm going to share it with you since you brought up the anchor because I've always liked the line. I don't care if it was me that wrote it. But I said, uh, <laughs> it's talking about love. I said, love. It's a battlefield. Love is a rock. Is it holding me down or just in place? Hmm. And so when you said that, I'm thinking the anchor is kind of the same. Is it holding me down or just keeping me from drifting off somewhere yeah okay i'm done so uh, what are some of the cultural storms that would swamp us if we weren't anchored and they would they would cause us to drift Wait if we weren't anchored that's a big that's a big way to say that what's the question what are some of the what are some of the cultural storms that would overwhelm us if we weren't anchored or would cause us to drift if we oh, weren't anchored okay gotcha what would influence us the wrong way is kind yeah. of Pretty much everything in society right now. Oh yeah, We're I mean, facing a bunch of it. Yeah, I mean we we can. Uh, well, let's talk about turn, it. Turn on the news. Let's you know, talk about it. We, we've got all the gender issues. That's right. right what now. would you think a man or a woman is right now if you just yeah. let yourself? You would, kinda... you would think, you know, by some definitions that there are dozens of genders because you can pretty much, in the eyes of some culture, you can make up your own gender and it can be whatever you want it to be now. Yeah, uh, but we have. The creator who gave us his owner's manual and told us, nope, there's two. Was, sorry, just it, this made me laugh. Wasn't the one of the people that was trying to defend a multiplicity of genders? And when we say multiplicity, I'm talking some people say there's like a hundred genders. Right, yeah. So wasn't somebody that was trying to defend that a famous politician? Didn't they say what is, is? Like somebody said, "What is a woman?" and she said, "What is is that?" Yeah, that's ringing a bell. Can't remember. What I don't like about yeah. Bill Clinton. No, no, no. That was uh, that was another famous one. That's as well. what it is. That's, that's what we were thinking. That's about, what I remember. Yeah. But, yeah, but I think that same line was used just recently with in relation to to gender. Um, Let me just say this about that. That's just silly. This whole gender thing is just silly, uh, but. It's silly to anybody that just thinks about it for a second, but it's dangerous to young people who are looking for some meaning of their own. It's very, it's very destructive and dangerous uh, to throw that kind of stuff around a lot of young people who haven't had time to figure out. Well, it's a form of escapism. Yeah. That's a good way to for say For me that. to sit around yeah. and go, I'm a kitty cat. 
Well, that's a form of escapism because I really don't want to deal with who I am and what's going on in my head and how I'm struggling with life. And, you know, again, back to this idea of drifting away from God, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of room within the gender to say, you know, a woman can play sports. A woman can cook. A woman can uh, be a scientist. A woman, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says because you're a woman, you can only have babies and cook. And a man can only go out and kill an animal and grunt and scratch himself. You know, there there are a lot of different, there's a lot of different things that a man or a gender person can do, but not call themselves another gender or try to redefine that gender. And I, again, that's what the anchor does. It gives you a holding point right. with some with some variety out there, but you're still anchored to this identity that this is who we are. And that, that brings... That brings some solidarity to your heart, too. It's like there's a freedom in knowing, you know what? God created me to be this, but God's also given me an opportunity to do all these other things. And so, I don't know. I look at this scripture in Hebrews and think, what, is it, what does it mean to follow Christ? Well, it doesn't mean everybody looks exactly the same, does it all exactly the same, Um you know, I'm glad there are people in Christ that can write music. I can't write music. I'm glad there are people in Christ that can draw paintings. I can't do that. I'm glad there are people that can make money. Uh, pastors aren't usually very good at making money, <laughs> you know. But I'm glad there are people that can do those things. And so I think all the stuff that our culture is pushing in on really is already answered for us in Christ, but we got to follow his plan instead of trying to figure it out on our own. People are trying to figure it out on their own. Let's just be honest. At the end of the day, things that, that people are talking about today, a hundred years ago would have been labeled insanity. Absolutely. We would have wanted to give them shock treatments. Do you know why? Because it is. Well, that seems like the simple answer, doesn't it? Well, we started out talking about uh, having value in yourself. Yep. Which is pretty comforting. If you got that purpose, you know, you believe who created you, knows how you operate, and you put your faith in that, put that in the bank, then you have this value, and then you have the anchor you're talking about, where everything that comes along is not going to make you devalue yourself. It's going to make you look at what's going on around you from that value. This whole discussion we're having now about the, the culture now trying to tell you that if you're not satisfied being this, you can just kind of be that. Well, that's so counterproductive because what ha- what is happening to especially a lot of younger people is they're being uh, told that if you're not happy being this, well, just identify yourself as that and be that. So what happens to them is they go off and be that now for a little while until they run into the same thing they run into with anything is that right. doesn't work exactly right. right. But what happens is, and they're very bad 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 thing that's going on and and i don't think people really think about this the way they should especially if you have kids and you let your kids go down some of those when they go down that other trail and discover wait a minute this is not right either it's hard to go back to that other one and be Mm -hmm. 
comfortable in that. So you wind up with people that are really kind of screwed up in their head. They realize they've made the biggest mistake of their lives, and sometimes it's irreversible. Sometimes it is irreversible, and and sometimes when when uh, when I guess people even you know adults try to go back to where they were, you've always got that other in your head, and so you wind up. It's just it's really dangerous stuff that's happening. Well, what does Jesus come? He says, "I come to give you life, and to give it to you in abundance." Hmm. Then he tells us. Here's who Satan is. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And the destroy is what's happening and in, in minds. There's a lot of comfort and peace in knowing, you know what? When I belong to Christ, he gives me purpose. He gives me a plan. He gives me an agenda. He, he gives me a goal. You know, one day when we die, we'll, we'll be in heaven. There's there's a goal there. My life has purpose. My life has a plan. So if I lose my job... Or if I lose a family member, or if I lose my health, you know what? Those hurt, and those are difficult, but my life still has value. It's these other folks that are looking. Sin is always self-destructive. And when you only look to yourself, all you're going to find is disappointment. When you look up, then you see, oh, there's this one who gives me value. Now I have purpose. Now I have and again, this drift idea, how do you quit drifting? You keep coming back to him. Keep agreeing with him. There's nothing wrong with being having these temptations of, I want to escape my life. I wish, there's we on a different scale, there's times when I open my closet and I think, you know what? I want to throw away everything I've got and start over. I'm tired of my old stuff. And we feel that way in our life sometimes. We want to just get rid of everything and just start over. Well, God will bring you back to your senses and go, just keep trusting me. And it's, you know, it's okay. You get a new shirt here or there, but let's don't be foolish. Can I? And here's where that works in, in reality. Uh, when my waistline went up a couple inches a few years ago, I did not throw away uh, the jeans and stuff. And recently I've discovered uh, uh, how glutens work, and I've been watching that. I'm digging some of the old jeans out of the closet, and I can still wear them. Is that a good analogy for this right here? Yeah. Okay. Can I – Sure. As we're talking about the cultural stuff, I think one of the biggest – we're all talking about a visible drift in culture right here, but I think one of the most subtle drifts actually starts way before the big drifts happen. Uh, And the most subtle drift that we have is is right now is truth. And so we're fighting on the battlefield of truth. But we need to be exceptionally careful that we fence that battle with love. Sure. We have to put some boundaries around that in love. And we have to play the long game. Um, it, took a, it took a long time to get to this point where we have set aside portions of truth over course of time to get to the place where, culturally speaking, we have drifted so far from truth that we're just – it's kind of insanity. But we have to be very careful that we fence this discussion – in love and we have to play the long game because if we're not careful to fence the discussion in love when we are discussing truth with somebody and they hold to a different view of truth what they're going to hear us say is it's not that your views are wrong but that you are wrong so we have to be very careful to fence this discussion in love and play the long game and we can never remove the boundary of love like we have to be very careful in our presentation of truth to just 
Couch it in love. Put the boundaries of love around it and play the long game. We're never going to win the battle by beating them up with truth. Never going to win. Go ahead and hit me the buzzer no. on that if you want. You know I'm hitting it? I have no idea. That's what we're up to on Mike the Baptist. Because churchy talk's going to run away some people that I want to hear what we're talking about. Yeah. And it's Good. what you're talking about. The love you're talking about. That's what that is, because that can sound like not love when you come at somebody mm-hmm. whacking them on the head with your Bible. That can sound like not very loving. I, I've encountered saying. a few students over the years that have been struggling with this particular issue that we're talking about, and I have not won them over in speaking truth to them. I've won them over by saying, hey, we've got – some iced coffee. I know you loved iced coffee. Why don't you come on in, man? We would love to have you in tonight. And they came in, and then they saw that we weren't crazy, sacrificing goats on the altar, or just <laughs> spitting and spewing about how awful culture is. They found out that we were actually pretty reasonable people, and that we were fun to be around. And that opened that individual up to coming back again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it wasn't the truth that won over. We don't fold on truth. But it wasn't the truth that won them to Christ. And there we're still a long way from them becoming to Christ. But we're at the place where now they're willing to hear truth because they have seen love. I was going to say they're a lot closer than they were before they walked in yes. there. And so we just have to be really careful. Play the long game. You're not going to win the fight uh, just hitting somebody over the head with truth. Yeah. Um, th- there's a book. It's very, very, very helpful, and I think it sets a, a game plan for – how we handle big issues like this. And it was uh, Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. It was a lesbian feminist professor at a liberal university, and she was writing a feminist view book, uh, feminist viewpoint book of the Bible. Like she's looking at the Bible from a feminist perspective. And she began to talk to a pastor, and the way that she actually became a Christian, walked away from her li- lesbian lifestyle, and became a Christian uh, was not because somebody beat her over the head with truth, but because somebody welcomed her into their home. And when they built a relationship, there was a relational foundation strong enough to bear the weight of those heavy conversations, that was when they were able to share truth in a way that she would hear. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to be exceptionally careful to play the long game and actually begin to uh, allow there to be a relationship where they can hear that. And so anyway, all that to say, there's a holiness that comes from a relationship with God. Uh, but there's this place in the structure of the temple, it's called the Holy of Holies. And there was only one person, one day a year, that it was able to go into the Holy of Holies. And uh, they had to do all this stuff to get prepared and ready to actually enter the Holy of Holies. What does it mean to us that we are now, as Christians, we are now the place where God's presence dwells? We have now become the Holy of Holies. And what does it mean for us that uh, God has done all of the work for us to be that? He's done everything that we need to be saved. goes back to our previous conversation, the worth. I mean – you can't. How much more worth can you put on a person than to say that? You know, he removed the holy of holies from the the tabernacle, the temple, uh, and we became that. We became the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, that is of supreme worth right there. It mm-hmm. doesn't get. 
I don't think it gets any better than that. I mean, we get to go into the presence of, of God. That's pretty heavy. Real heavy. HG, <laughs> you got any thoughts? Man, it's heavy. Man, it's heavy. Well, it is, actually. I mean, all kidding aside, when you... Well, we talked earlier about when you realize you're having a relationship with God. You understand who he is and that he's thinking about you. Well, that sparks this thing in you, and that's where this value comes from. All of a sudden, you realize you do have some worth here that doesn't have anything to do with you and what you're doing. You've got somebody that puts some value in you regardless. So that builds up this, I guess, confidence or something. And so that value down the road, though, uh, it seems like what dawns on you is how heavy that really is. I mean, if you outside the box think it again, if, uh, if you sit around sometime and you close your eyes and you start eliminating your actual physical senses in your mind, try this sometimes. You won't go completely crazy, but you'll get close. But just start eliminating your, what is it, your touch, your smell, uh, your sight, what's, what all the things are. But when you start doing that, you get to a place in your head, if you do it for a while, where you realize there's this spirit thing inside of you that's separate from your physical being. And to me, that's where God is, and you're connected directly right there. I mean right there. It's not out there in space somewhere. It's not you know over in that building. It's right there. To me, it gets very real. Uh, when I do that and it becomes, it becomes, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but uh, I've done that over the years from time to time. Just the thought of that is interesting to me because when I'm awake and running around the church building and all that, you know, I'm associating it all with the, the singing and the preaching and the fellowship and all. But if I'm just off by myself, you know, there's a place where a relationship happens in my head that's not attached to all that stuff. I mean, it's it's a much more. How else would you explain knowing somebody? Because it's, I like to think when somebody I know dies, they're not really gone to me. Because how I know them is still right there in my head. The feelings I have, their presence, it's it's right there. Their body's gone, but they're not. So I don't know why I brought all that up, but I'm. It's talking about how heavy that is when you realize how directly connected to him you are. That's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he teaches us. He says, "I'll never leave you nor forsake you." On your best day, I'm your best friend. On your worst day, I'm your best friend. Yeah, that's good. That's good, right there. You isn't know, it? and <laughs> even though other religions talk about praying to their God, they they have their holy scriptures. They have feelings. You know, I felt. God speaking to me. I felt this and I felt that. The difference that we have in our relationship with God is that presence of the Holy Spirit that's with us and not just in our prayer life, not just when we read the Word of God. He's there, but as we're going through life and when we're down and God speaks into you something, um, somebody maybe through somebody, maybe through a song, you know, there's all these different ways that he communicates with us, but it's because he's right there with us, even when we sin. I don't know how you guys deal with your own sin, 
but I know it when I do it. I'm like, golly, why'd I do that again? Why'd I say that? Yeah. And immediately I'm thinking, okay, number one, I need to ask for forgiveness. I need to go tell these other people to forgive me because it's just it's just there. Because why? He is constantly making us into his icon, his image, and it's this ongoing relationship where there's really not fear, but there's just this joy and this freedom. I can go play golf one Sunday and kind of act in my rebellious way. But as I'm out there on the golf course, what am I thinking about? Yeah, he didn't zap me. Right. He let me finish the round. Let me play pretty good, actually. You know, I I just had this thought. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) An icon, an image, isn't made without a lot of pressure. Yep. When you feel the weight of your sin, it might be just at that moment in time, you're actually being made into his image more. You're feeling the weight of your sin, and he is actually pressing on you, and you're going to look more like him. Value is what I'm getting out of this talk. I don't know where it was supposed to go, but I'm getting this uh, real nice feeling about on purpose, understanding for purpose. I have some value. Pardon? On purpose, for purpose. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, it's nice well, when to you know. realize that you're not just a bunch of atoms that are floating around out here. Yeah. And so you do have – there is a plan for you. You know, I get cracked up and people's like – well, I don't think God really has a plan for my life. Yeah, he does. He has a plan for your life, and he's leading and guiding you into those things that he wants you to do. Because if he didn't, it's like me saying, I don't have, oh, I don't have any plans for my kids. Sure I did. You know, I had plans. I wanted them to be healthy, so you can't just eat Cracker Jacks for breakfast. I mean, you know, there's a plan that I have for you, so I'm going to help you make good choices. You're going to make some bad choices, but you know what? I'm going to love you through those things. I'm going to help you through those difficulties. And so this value that we have in God is that he's committed to us. And this is what will blow your mind, even when you're not committed to him. Well, especially. I mean, you know. And that's what that's heavy, too, when you think yeah. about that. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, that he's he's made this investment for you. Even when you reject him, run away from him, don't want him. Hey, God, you stay in the car because I'm fixing to go in this area and do what I want to do, and you can't tell me not to do it. He may allow you to do it, but then you're going to realize, oh, that's that's not that's not good anymore. I used to thought I enjoyed that, but I don't anymore. And God made you His dwelling place. He made you the holy of holies, set apart for His purpose on purpose. Even though He knew, even the moment He saved you that you were going to make that holy of holies dirty with your sin. He still saved you. Yep. Hey, Steve. Um, tell the individual that might have stumbled upon us here who who doesn't care a hoot about the uh, high church talk, how, given their life, to Christ, whatever that means, would give them value that they need to look at their life in a more positive way right now. Because I know there are people stumble upon stuff like this that need to know that and hear that. And I like to share that at some point in these talks because I would hate to think that we go to all this stuff babbling about all this just to tickle ourselves, you know. Because I think there's a bigger thing happening when you have these talks. And there are people who 
for whatever reason, listening to some silliness they might have heard early on in this, but they get to this point, I think it's only fair to offer them something to, uh, I don't know, encourage them to kind of get on board with this and give it a whirl. What would you say to that person? First, be honest that life is disappointing. Uh, amen. That's you, a church the, word. The but. choices, the choices that you've made, oh, the oh. things that you thought were fun, at some level, they're disappointing. Stop where you are. Just stop. Quit trying to justify your position. Quit trying to tell God who you are. Quit trying to tell God what gender you are. Quit trying to tell God that you're good. Quit trying to tell. Just stop. And ask him to reveal himself to you. That may be all you've got in your in your brain right now. You may be saying, I, I, I can't accept you. I can't say a prayer. I can't repent of my sins right now. But I will promise you, if you'll just stop and be honest and say, yeah, life has not worked out the way I thought it should. And if you will just stop yelling at God, or trying to yell at yourself and just say, God, I want to know. If you're real, I want to know. If you're out there, I want to know. And if you're honest in that, I know what he'll do. And it may not be in this moment or the next moment or a week from now, but if you're honest with that, God will get your attention because here's the reality. All of our all of our story. I won't even call it testimony. Our story. Sweet. You didn't get buzzed. I know. All of our story <laughs> is that God found us. We didn't find God. God found us. But he had to get us to be honest. And he had to get us to stop. And he had to get us to that place where we would say, okay, if you're there, let me know. And that's about as easy as I Know how to tell you just to just to be honest with it right now. I'll agree with you. I think if you ask him that, he'll he'll show up for you. Yep. Wouldn't wouldn't you guys? Mm-hmm. I think that he did for me. That's how it happened for me. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times in churches we we have these things and they're and they're good things. Admit we're a sinner, believe that Jesus is God's son. But there's some people out there right now. They're like, I don't even know what to believe. I, I have no clue what to believe. Well, just. Cry out to God and say, I want to, I want to know. And if you really want to know, I think you'll start putting things. You know, the funny thing is, how'd you find this podcast? Why are you listening to this podcast? And why are you having these thoughts right now? Because God directed you to. <laughs> so, yeah, just be honest with him and just say, I want to know. I like that, H. I think that was pretty good. For an old boy from Greenbrier, Tennessee. Right. I think you showed up. Hodo. <laughs> Brother Hodo. What a story. Right. Uh, I think uh, before we uh, screw all that up, we should take a break and get out of this and move on to something else in a minute. Don't y'all? Sweet. Sounds good. We'll be back. Hey, everybody. It's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Audi where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff because you're the next contestant on Any or Howdy. Here's Mike. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Uh, 
with us on the Mike the Baptist program. What a fun thing this has been. Uh, I think we've almost got a year's worth, just the three preachers episodes. This has really been fun, I got to admit. It's not all business. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but it's been it's a lot fun. Of foolishness. It still is. A lot of foolishness. But, you know, good things come out of foolishness. I think the Bible says something about that, doesn't it? Like out of the foolishness of men or out something. Out of the foolishness of preaching. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. This may be an any outy. I don't want to give up too much. Speaking of any or outy, America's almost favoritest new game show. Um, I'm not going to explain how it works. Just watch. I'm really not this time. I always say that and then I explain it. Just watch this time and you'll understand. <clears throat> if you don't in the seats today. Go ahead. If you don't explain that any means in the Bible and outie means out of the Bible, how are people going to know how to follow along on the game? Well, I just thought maybe. We have some pretty intelligent listeners. Yeah, I was thinking maybe a lot of people have already seen it and know, and then those that are just tuning in will understand that if you say a phrase that sounds like it's in the Bible and then you ask us, is that in the Bible and any or out of the Bible and outie? <laughs> I just assumed, like you did, that people would pick up on that. Yeah. Which is why this time I'm not explaining it. We're just going to go right into it. Didn't I just bait you into explaining it? You did. Thanks. <laughs> um, today, HD and is it you or Koontz? I got one. Koontz and HD are going to be in the power positions. Have at it, guys. Uh, lay it on us. All right. So I'm going to make a little twist to our game here. Oh, is this, a this new rule? is new. Well, not We've new never had a, Just a format. We've never thing. had a twist. Just a format you know, thing here. So <laughs> Just every episode there's gonna, a twist. I'm going to list three items, Oh, and one of them is not in the Bible. Oh, so we're trying to find the Audi. So there's some innies and some Audis within the question, but I want you to pick the Audi. You want us to find the Audi? One of this these is things twist. is not I like, like the, the other. other. Yes, I, I meant to lead with that. Are you trying to mess of, us no, up? No, no. <laughs> well, you know. One of these things is not like the exactly. Innies. One of these exactly. things is not like the Innies. How does the song go? Do you know, Jason? Which of these things is not like the other? Yeah, it's a Sesame Street. I didn't really this. watch Sesame Street growing up. Well, you have to change the Innies. One yeah. of these things is not like the Innies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. That could be a hymn for us. So... <laughs> I'll give you a minute. <laughs> Which of these is not in the Bible? Okay. An Audi. Which of these is an Audi? <laughs> an almond, a pecan, or a pistachio? Whoa. Well, I, know, I know that one. What? Yeah. How do you know? Almond, pecan, pistachio. How do you know well, this? We, we've got our resident <laughs> expert with us. Useless knowledge. Okay. We love it. This it's is not great. useless. This is actually in the Bible. Here's See, my, yeah, it's not useless. Right this there. time it's not useless. I have a gut reaction. You want it? I yeah, usually throw well, those I, out. I want to hear what your gut reaction I, is. I usually throw those out first. Pecan huh? is my gut reaction. Uh, pretty sure it's pecan because... What? Is the Audi. Because I know for sure almond is in there. That's one of the things that's specifically listed as decoration in the uh, candelabras or whatever in the... Uh, almond Joy is not in the Bible, is it? <laughs> almond Joy, no. Almond and Joy? Maybe. I knew that. I was just uh, but that, that's specifically one of the things that's listed on like the candelabras that they'll make or okay. the, the decorations they make the around almond. the temple and the, the they had almond tabernacle. Milk back then. Go ahead. I'm Maybe. Sorry. I don't know. I, milk them old dudes. Um, I knew that was coming. <laughs> and, and pistachios, I... I can't think of any particular place, but I'm pretty sure there's no pecans. Pistachio, I, I, I originally, my gut originally said, that's a weird word to be in the Bible. But then I thought, 
but pecan is too. So I'm pretty sure pecans are not in there. I don't know why I had that gut reaction, but I'm with we're, you. We're looking for the Audi, right? Almonds uh, yeah. are in yeah. there. I know for sure almonds are in there. Yeah. So it's 50-50 between pistachio and well, pecan, and I'm pretty sure it's pecan. Well, listen, it's just funny to think about pistachio, that word, being in the Bible. That is funny to think about. Coops? Yeah. I, I don't know about, well, pecan, I'm thinking that's like just something that's a, a southern thing around here yeah, i don't think they invented those till they made yeah the pie, i, th- I think that, that came along after came during the new testament maybe but you know well, the new testament's in the bible <laughs> <laughs> well there's a good point <laughs> that's a good time but pistachio i'm like hmm. they're from california <laughs> what's those almonds and pecans aren't they I don't know. Oh, you I don't know, know what pecans H? I was looking over at you. I was about asking what you thought. But like you pistachio asked is pist- <clears throat> Didn't that seem odd that that, that seems word? really weird that if pistachio is in there. But that's why I think it's in there. I, I'm pretty sure that one's in there. And I'm I'm that's like pistachio. 95% sure that it's pecan. I wonder how they pronounce pistachio in Greek or I Hebrew. I don't know that one. <laughs> Same way with pecan. Was it, it pecan? In fact, it looks like it was it pecan. Is, no, it no. It's not pecan? pecan. No. <laughs> in Hebrew, no. it's pecan. All right. Disclaimer. I grew up in the self-proclaimed. I'll admit it's right. self-proclaimed, in but Texas. it's the pecan capital of the world. Yeah. Um, it's pecan, not pecan. Pecan. <laughs> is Granbury? I've got relatives in Granbury. That's not the pecan capital, is No. Okay. San Saba is the, San Saba. the place. Granberry is around the Dallas area. But there are dinosaurs around Granberry. Really? Dinosaur fossils, yeah. Well, I'm going to have to go back down there and look for those now. I found the pecans. We have gone from pecans to T-Rex. <laughs> T-Rex. I'm going to go along with Jason on this one because okay. he is extremely confident. Well, now I said pecan on this one. too before he said it. So, but he was extremely confident because you're, <laughs> you're like me. Well, pistachio. I don't remember reading pistachio in God's word. But either way, we're pecan. We'll go with pecan. I'm I'm good with pecan. Yeah. He's smirking. That makes me scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to be pistachio, but... Now, wait a minute. Which translation are we talking about? Any of them you want to read. <laughs> Actually, pecan is not in the Bible. Oh, Good yes. job, Jason. Pistachio right. is in Genesis 43.11. That is so odd. Mm. Pistachio is where? It's. I think it's Genesis... Can we read it? 43.11. I mean, do you have it? I, don't you get buzzed for reading God's Word on... Like I'm not buzzing God's word. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done these. <laughs> well, now, should I buzz the phrase God's word? Because he didn't say that. Hey, it's your show. I'm going to. What does your gut say? My gut says don't touch that button right there <laughs> on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah, you're right. 4311. Pistachio. What, how's it read? Take him some honey, pistachio nuts, almonds, spices, and myrrh. That is so odd. I like this new dimension that you just introduced right? to us. That's pretty cool. Yeah, right? it is pretty good. I've got, I've got another one. but I'm, Well, I'm it gave us – what it is, it gave us things to talk about without having to come up with uh, yes. ignorant things of our own. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice new dimension. Direct, it directed us. Mm-hmm. Good good job, and uh, and we won one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm Good much job. better Happy. than last week when we were all losers. Yeah, it was it was Bombsville. Oh, that was okay, yeah, Coach. Last week. What yeah. do you right. have for so, us? So uh, for this week's uh, King James version of Mike the Baptist oh, in your King Audi. James version. I like the these and thous and yeah, those. Uh, is that what you're doing your Bible reading plan for this year? Is in the King James? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Um, speak of the devil. Oh, oh, that's a good one. That's really good. 
That's well, a better response than I thought. Deer in the headlight there. Speak of the devil. Wow. My gut says no. And Koontz has a perfect per- poker face on. I looked at him and there was nothing. I could have took it either way. My gut says yes. Ooh, H. Um, no, yes. In- no. <laughs> Uh, is that phrase in Job or is it potentially in one of the New Testament books um, where John is is talking about that those are the two places where I'm like mm, might be in there specifically I'm thinking of, of Job well, it we can't might look be it up, in Jason, Job so we can't answer you well if your name's HD you can well uh... <laughs> oh he has done that before. He has. Actually. I thought we were just over there looking it up. I thought we were done. I was we'll looking never, at No, we'll never be done with that. Speak of the devil. Now there was a there was a Motley Crue song called "Shout at the Devil." <laughs> or speaketh of the devil if you want to go speak James. Uh, so you referenced two scriptures. That it could be. Job. It depends on speak of the devil. It's like, are you introducing him? Like, oh, here's Job. Speak of the devil. Is there? (laughs) Is there? (laughs) Like at dinner at somebody's house. Oh, speak of the devil. There he is. (laughs) I'm thinking no, because I think that is a. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's modern. I think it's more of a modern thing. Yeah, my gut says no. Again, I've never read the King James, but I'm I'm sticking within. Well, within, we have to agree. Oh, with any decision, you're sticking with any. We go with split decision. I could just, I could be wrong, and you guys could be right. But I think we changed the rules where we all had to. <laughs> we're always changing the rules. Yeah, we, we are to, always. Well, we tried it once where we <laughs> separate, and then we try to get points, and then yeah, that, that just went. Bad. It was that was horrible. That was yeah. So we decided that we were going to try to talk somebody into yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm really kind of leaning towards it's in there, but I'll go with you Speak guys. Of the devil. Speak of the devil, yeah. The only way I could see in my uh, Ozark hillbilly educational mind, the only way I could see it would be in there is if that's in the middle of a sentence and those words were just taken I out of I feel like that. it's in the New Testament where it's... Like I, it was I kind of a bigger wrong. phrase like, and the congreg and the crowd began to speak of the devil I, and his bad yes, ways. Yes, actually, I think so there now he is lifted, a New Testament. Yeah, if he lifted it out of the middle of a whole Yes, sentence, I'm thinking can, he did. I can see that. I, I could be wrong, but I'm... I just made all that up right there on the spot. <laughs> Got a proud of that. I like the rest of the I mean, I'll go with you guys. Well, my gut still says If you want name. me to go with you guys, I'll go with you guys, but I think it's in. So... So Jason wins either way. Here we go again. Yeah. No, I know how that I'll, works. I'll go you, with you guys. You have learned well from the master. Yeah, well, he do that said all we time. had to go. We had to be have a consensus. Well, that was our new direction we were trying. Well, because uh, if we have two different answers, then I have to choose which sound effect to put on there, whether it's a win or a lose. So it's easier okay, for so me. Speak now. Are we are we getting caught up in because it's like oh well, speak of the devil. Well, that's what he's trying to do to us. Yeah, but is if there, it's in there, is there some place where it's speaking of the devil? Oh, just so. using a different part of speech. No, I don't think so. I think it's either lifted out of the middle of stuff that's around it, <laughs> or it ain't in there. <laughs> it's either in a verse or it's not. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's on to something. 
which is right. what I, I, I still say no. I still say no. I, Jason, we, we don't want to. If you to. guys want a consensus, I'll go with you, but I, I feel like it's it's in there well, Now, listen, the good thing about being where you are, having, being an old pro at that spot, <laughs> is that if you wind up actually being right, you can gloat about it later. <laughs> where we can't okay if you want if you want me to go consensus i'll go with you but i really i i'm leaning (laughs) the more i'm thinking about it the more i'm leaning towards it's in there but i'll I'll do whatever you guys want me to do well look you're gonna win either way no i I, i'll do whatever you guys want me to do if you're because it was peer pressure that made you give a wrong answer exactly (laughs) okay coach we're going with audi all right audi speak of the devil it is a audi Jason, we have saved you. You saved me. You saved me. It's an Audi. Well, go team. Yeah. All right. Look at that. Two wins today. Those are both really good ones, though. Speak of the devil is a really good one. Though. Yes, it was. And, yep. Well, it makes you talk about it. Yep. Okay. Which is Pistachio. what a podcast is. It's talk. <laughs> so it worked out pretty good. All right. Pistachio is in the Bible. Pecan is not. Speak of the devil is not in the Bible. All right, this concludes this round of Any Rowdy, and uh, you're welcome. We'll be back to sing you a hymn. That's it. <laughs> we'll be back to sing you a hymn. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. What a great planet. We're all on it. Just thought I'd point that out. Uh, on the planet also is the Mike the Baptist hymnal. If you don't have good one, times. you need to look it up. You know, We'll print some more someday. We only started out with a few when uh, all this started years ago, or whenever it started. But anyway, so on page 33 of the Mike the Baptist hymnal is, uh, you know, there are uh, some uh, groups that sing old hymns worldwide and everybody knows them well this this is a group that everybody knows all over the planet well known for singing hymns at churches and we're going to sing page 33 of the mike baptist hymnal for you now to close out this episode thanks to jason riccardi hd jones michael Kuntz for being here and being a part sweet sweet it is I'll buy you a diamond ring, my friend, if it makes you feel all right. I'll get you anything, my friend, if it makes you feel all right. Because I don't care too much for money, but money can't buy me love. i give you all i got to give if you say you love me too. I may not have a lot to give, but what i got I'll give to you. I don't care too much for money. Money can't buy me love. Can't buy me love. Everybody tells me so. Can't buy me love. No, 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 no. Beautiful. Dog howling all over the neighborhood. Yeah, they sure are. <laughs> okay, thanks for being with us. That was a lot of fun. Uh, educational as always and we hope you'll join us the next time and remember people we're all just Christians trying not to cuss that we are see you next time that's a wrap 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 it up Mike
Tschüss. Tschüss.